Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. Welcome to Holy Shenanigans. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a pastor, podcaster, and practitioner of Holy Shenanigans. You might be curious what it means to be a practitioner of Holy Shenanigans. For me, practicing Holy Shenanigans is paying attention to the holy or sacred in everyday life. Over the past three years, I've been sharing Holy Shenanigans stories here on this podcast. And this episode, 150, marks our official third birthday. No matter if you've been with us since September of 2020, or you're new to the Holy Shenanigans neighborhood, I am so happy that you are here. You're invited to bring your own spiritual and theological questions and doubts as well as your own experiences with the sacred right along with you. How do you practice holy shenanigans? First, you say yes to the sacred that happens in everyday life. Second, you pay attention. I know these two things will help you begin to notice sacred things all around and within your everyday life. Yes, dear heart, you are a fellow holy shenanigator. This episode's holy shenanigan story is one that was 20 years in the making. This sacred experience happened at the Wild Goose Festival this summer, where it was reunited with a now friend, but then acquaintance, Doug Paget. Over 20 years ago, I knew Doug from the Emergent Church community and from Emergent Village. In the early 2000s, I was looking for a community to support me in the work of ministry, but from a broader, more inclusive, and theologically graceful position. I found that space through Emergent Village and a community that I knew as Emergent Pittsburgh. This is the organization that hosted Doug for a weekend speaking engagement. It was at this event where Doug and I initially met. 
As Doug spoke, I learned about his experience of pastoring in a time that was called the emerging church. I found that as I listened, that I was not alone in my own work in my own emerging church community. While Doug didn't know it at the time, his stories of searching for new ways to be church helped to fill my spiritual gas tank. His blogs and books helped to encourage me. When there were so many obstacles in way of my vocational path to eventually become an ordained pastor. So fast forward 20 years ahead to this summer at Wild Goose Festival. As I walked through the commons of the hot and humid festival, I saw Doug walking towards me with a big smile. He greeted me and I tried to introduce myself, but he already remembered my name. We'd stayed in touch via social media, but I didn't expect he would remember my name, but he did. He thanked me for staying in my work for the long haul, and he asked if he could interview me for his podcast, The Common Good. I laughed, saying I was just about to ask you the same question. We agreed to meet later on so that we could talk about what has been happening over the past 20 years. I hope as you listen to my personal account of Holy Shenanigans, that you can connect some sacred, non-stuffy experience in your own life. And that perhaps how Doug's stories encouraged me to keep on keeping on over 20 years ago, that my story will encourage and affirm your own experience with the divine. Without further ado, here is Doug Paget from the Wild Goose Festival 2023, and yours truly, Tara Lamont Eastman with a 20-year tale of many holy shenanigans. Tara, welcome to the Common Good Podcast. Thank you. Uh, you're our first interview with podcasters who run their own podcast on our podcast. It is. It's a podcast about podcasts. It's a wonderful thing. I love it so much. Uh, So let's let's talk first about the podcast, and then we'll talk about uh, your grand life. Holy Shenanigans is the name of the podcast. Yes. Before you even tell us what the content is, this is a great name for a podcast. Well, thank you. So how did this give us the the origin story of the name? So the origin for the podcast, actually, it was going to be a book. Um, And I'd been working on these different pieces of writing around ways God or the divine has shown up in everyday life. Um, And some of those were, you know, as a pastor, some of those were segments from sermons, illustrations and things like that. But um, it was 2020. And the last thing in the world (laughs) I thought anybody needed was to have another book or, you know, another thing to read or another thing to be on screen. And I'm like, what if they could just have 10 or 15 minutes of respite? They could go, you know, in their car for a little drive and have something that would be centering, encouraging. And um, originally it started out to be um, lectionary and then an experience and the song or poem. Um, That was the structure. Um, And but just be like a little mini encouragement. And so um, that's where it started. And now two and a half years later, 
okay. holy shenanigans is still going. Um, my uh, favorite tagline for it is that it's always sacred and never stuffy. That is a great <laughs> tagline. And you, you've cared, as long as we've known each other, which I feel like is uh, two decades? At something? least. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lifetimes. Yes. Lifetimes. This notion of God being where, you being where God is no matter where you are. Yeah. It seems like that's been something you've been up to. Yeah. I mean, for over two decades. Um, I mean, and and I think when we met, I was a lay person um, working in youth ministry and um, had been discerning a call to ministry since I was 17 years old, um, but grew up in a tradition that was not supportive of women in leadership. Yep. Yep. Um, and was in a tradition at that time that was to a certain point. Um, but through a number of circumstances, um, decided to go into ministry through the ELCA. Yeah. Um, and I'm currently now serving in a Presbyterian context. Oh. Yeah. So you were in some kind of a, a system that didn't allow women, and then you were in the Lutheran world, and yes. now you're in the Presbyterian, Presbyterian world. world. Yes. That's a unique experience. A lot of people's religious touchstones aren't as aren't as wide as that. And I mean, and prior to that, I would grew up in a in a in a Baptist tradition okay. um, as a child. And so, I mean, I've had a pretty wide scope ecumenically yeah. of of seeing, experiencing the divine in lots of different situations. Um, one of the first experiences, I think, for me as as a kid. Um, there was a group um, that came to my church. It was a choir, and it was um, all women, and it was at my little Baptist church. Okay. And it was the first time I ever saw women up front, like, leading anything in mass. Like, wow. there were, like, 50 women singing up front. Um, and that made such a big impression on me as a child that I remember, like, tugging on my mom's, you know, arm can we get the, can we get the tape, mom, oh. mom, mom, can we please get the tape? And I, I brought the tape home and I would sit in front of the giant tape player, Fantastic. you know, and I would have an experience of the divine and the Holy spirit. And I was like six years old. Yeah. And so that for me was one of those holy shenanigans of God. <laughs> uh, there, it is inarguable that music mm. and participatory music and shared rhythmic breath that often happens when we sing together. Correct. It's a mechanism of shared breath, right? Is uh, part of many people's experience with, with the divine. Yeah. You were also in a rock band. I was, yeah. <laughs> and I love this part because I, I think rock bands and bands as a whole produce this kind of thing for people. Correct. They become these sacred moments, which I think people disparage by saying, this is church for me. Mm. You don't have to. Super sorry. Yeah, we're just doing a quick podcast here. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, we did not tell you. I know. I'm sorry. So I'm good. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sometimes people want to comp- want to declare a musical experience as if it's church. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, you don't have to. You don't have to be so church centric. This is your church. This can be a, a moment of spiritual. Yes. 
spiritual awakening. But can you talk about the rock band experience too? Because I think that's just personally so interesting. And, and yeah, um, it was um, actually it was a, out of the church that my husband and I, before we were married, it was a part of um, you know Maranatha days. Yeah. Um, and so I was on the worship team and then there are a group of, of gentlemen who are about 10 years older than me that had this dream of being like the rock band, the Christian rock band. Um, and the church actually supported a Christian rock radio station, um, just up the hill. Where was this? It was in Russell, Pennsylvania, WGSI. WGSI, (laughs) Russell, Pennsylvania. And so these guys that were like 10 years older than me. They knew I could sing because I was singing with um, the worship band. And they're like, oh, let's go do gigs. Can you front our band? Yes. Will you be the, the front person for our band? And so we went and we did uh, oh, tons of youth group events. Yeah. I mean, playing for hot dogs and s'mores and spaghetti. Yeah. Um, but it was one of the, again, an opportunity for me to start to understand that pastoral call. Um, because initially I really had a hard time, um, speaking, you know, I don't know. I mean, back in that day, there would generally be some kind of testimony when a Christian rock band would play. Um, and I would be able, oh, the guys can do it. The guys can do it. The guys can do it. And then eventually I was like, why do I keep saying the guys can do it? But it was, it was kind of coming out of that original, um, experience I had thinking that as a woman, I couldn't preach. Um, and so the rock band actually helped empower me to realize that I was preaching. It's great. Even if I was singing, I still was preaching. Yeah. And then that, it, it helped me in that process. Yeah. And it seems like you wanted to do it right. Mm-hmm. And the people that first influenced you said, here's how you do it right. And that gets into our heads. You weren't like, burn it all down, break it apart. I don't care. You're, you're like, is there a way that this can be done? Yeah. I mean, I think that if you are trying to make any change, um, if you have um, somebody that you've had a falling out with or you have a difference of opinion, um, it takes time. It takes um, long times in conversation. It takes um, vulnerability. Um, It also takes boundaries. Yeah. Um, and so for me, understanding that, you know, while I have lots of things I'm grateful for to my church of origin, a boundary for me was like, well, this is not something that I can agree on. And so, um, God's tent is bigger than this. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And so, you know, bless them for the work that they do, Yeah. but that's not the work I'm called to. I think a lot about the book of Genesis origin stories, Mm -hmm. uh, that have this like Adam and Eve are then moved and their boy are moved out of the garden of Eden as a narrative about an innocence of a beginning Mm. and the need to grow and transform. And part of it is you don't get to go back to that old world. You need to take that with you as you go. So I think it's a real, it's not a banishment. It's a sending narrative. Yeah. Um, And a lot of people want a sending narrative like that, right? They, Mm -hmm. They want to transcend their past and they want to include the best parts and they want to go on a new sojourn mm-hmm. and be on the journey of, of carrying along and gathering up. Um, you seem to not ever have a concern that that sojourn or wandering or moving could be jeopardize, jeopardizing someone's connection to the divine. No, uh-uh. no. I mean, I, I guess from my own experience that because I feel like God has gone with me through so many transitions and changes over the last 20 years alone. Um, 
I mean, the fact that, you know, we went from, you know, going and going to Emergent Pittsburgh and hanging out with, with yeah. you there and meeting you there. Um, because at that time, my spouse and I were um, lay pastors of a congregation and we were like, we don't know what we're doing, but we do know what we're doing, but this doesn't look like what anybody else is yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, and realizing that there was this whole emergent movement. Yeah. Um, I mean, that having that connection with other people along that journey yeah. made the sojourn not so lonely. Yeah. And so thank you. Well, of course, you are, you are welcome. And thank you for being a part of all of that. So yeah. actively and vulnerably and staying in it. Yeah. Because truthfully, a lot of the people that we were gaggling around with 20 or 25 years ago, have their journey has led them to places totally outside of yeah. some of the spaces where we are now sitting in a campground in North Carolina at a spirituality <laughs> art and justice festival. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and lots of other things. They've just, they've just moved and mm -hmm. just transitioned to other ways, yeah. which I don't bemoan anyone for. Right. But it's also kind of a bummer sometimes when you're like, I don't know. I, I just yeah. like, to be, you know, like to be with those people again. Um, when you decided to podcast in yeah. 2020, yeah. COVID is raging. People yeah. are shut down. People need something new at home. They, we're, we're all freaking out about watching people on screens anymore. And there needs to be something auditory. Did that feel natural to you to move into the podcast world? Or did it feel like, okay, I got to reorient? You know, um, I, it was a, a, a calling. I really felt like it was a calling. Yeah. Like the Holy Spirit was saying, hey, this, this is something that this is, uh, this is something that it can be um, hopeful and healing for other people. Um, I know you might be scared, <laughs> but but let, let's try this. I mean, I'm, I mean, I have to tell you, like the first episode, um, I, you know, I write my script and at that point it was, it was me doing all those three segments originally. Which and is a, a thought piece of poetry and some music. Yeah. So scripture, I mean, thought and, and poetry. And sometimes I was writing songs for it, yeah. you know, you're a triple threat. Yeah. You can do it all. <laughs> but I was, I was doing this, but the first time I record that episode, you know, I'm recording and recording and finally, 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 you know, hours later, finally get that, you know, 12 minute okay. chunk of, yes. of what I thought was good done. And then you know, I go to send it and somewhere it just disappears. It's just gone. And you're like, holy shenanigans. I'm like, holy shenanigans. I have to do it again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, I love it. Um, I had, what, the crazy thing about it, though, is that I had sent the, the rough to a friend to, for her to listen to. And she was like, it doesn't sound like we're sitting down having a cup of coffee. Okay. And so the second draft, I had that image in my mind um, of sitting across the yeah. table with my friend and it totally changed the tone from presentation to conversation. Yes. Even though I just had to imagine my friend across the table yeah. and that helped to yeah. transform that to where I think people, when they listen to it, even today, they still hear that care and, and I hope love Great. in what they're hearing. Because in your mind, are you saying that the first draft your image was something closer to your professional training as a presenter and a pastor and a preacher? I think because I was initially anxious about it, I was like tight. Yeah. Um, and, and my friend said, I'm not hearing you laugh. Like, she's like, I want to hear your laugh. Right. 
you know. Um, it's and good which, friend. You've got yes, good friends. Very good friends, which eventually, you know, made it easier once we got our, our heads and hearts around, you know, how to take the audio from Zoom and, and do more interview-based things that, that gave yeah. that energy to bounce back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Do you, how do you do it now? Are you alone uh, when you do it? Are you doing it in conversation? Actual sometimes I do in conversation with folks. Um, sometimes I go as simple as my my phone. Yep. You know, recording the audio. Sometimes um, we use Audacity. Um, yeah. Sometimes, um, like here, we're using a digital recorder for our interviews, and we yeah. you know drop that in. And and a shout out to my husband Ian Eastman. Um, he is my sound guy okay. since I was in the rock band. So from then till oh, today, did you, did you meet him in the rock band? No, is this but, a rock band love affair? <laughs> yeah, but he was a DJ at the radio station. Oh, <laughs> okay. Holy shenanigans! Holy look shenanigans! At, look how, at that. How often do you say "holy shenanigans" in the "holy shenanigans" podcast? Um, at least three times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's you know trinitarian. It all works. Just to make that joke too. You're real trinitarian about it all. Um, really, really into threes. Um, how do you feel now when, uh, let me do a little back setup on this. A lot of people in their pastoring role don't have people listen to what they were saying three months ago, six months ago, nine months ago. Yeah. Mostly people don't go back and listen to old sermons. That th style of communication tends to be sand art. You sort of do it here and then it's going to yeah, go. Yeah. It's not kept around. But podcasts are different. People start discovering it, then they go back and they listen to other ones. Does that, how do you deal with that? Or how do you think about it? Or is it not a thing or is a thing? Um, I mean, the person we are today is going to be somewhat different tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and maybe um, something I said three years ago on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but if you ever gone back to your old sermons and you're like, oh, oh my yeah. goodness, why, why was anybody? Why was, yeah. 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 So it's really all a part of, stayed around for all this yeah, nonsense. it's all a part of that. Um, yep. Of oral tradition. Yeah. It changes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I think we need to extend grace to that. And thankfully, you yeah. know, people that listen have been extending a lot of grace and yeah. support. Especially when any of us are new at something, the, the yeah. growth is going to be significant in the first period of time. Yeah. So the difference starts to be a little bit more stark. Yes. Uh, than, than some other times. What, what are you hearing from people who listen to your podcast and say, hey, this is what I'm getting out of it? What? Um, so just yesterday here at the Wild Goose, um, a person I met who was driving the shuttle last year um, yeah. saw me across the commons and said, Pastor Tara, Pastor Tara, and ran up to me. That's very surreal and yeah. in and of itself. But um, she just, I asked her, you know, what do you love about the podcast? What do you not like about the podcast? And she's like, oh, I just, I love that you know, I feel like I'm in it with you. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like there's care and there's being um, compassion extended to me yeah. wherever I am. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Why that's, that like makes that? it worth it. How come you're, how come you're all like that? This kind of with, withism and inclusive and caring. Because I know what it's like not to be. Oh. Yeah, so I mean, going back from my, you know, origin story, you've you know, seen, you've seen, you've seen it by what was missing. Then, yeah. 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 
Uh-huh. And, and I've seen, um, I feel like God's given me the opportunity and a lot of my work over the last 20 years, um, working with folks that, you know, have various challenges, um, as well as my, you know, my own, but, but having the honor of walking alongside of people in lots of different experiences of mm-hmm. being human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so why wouldn't that space be one of yeah. inclusion and welcome? Yeah, see, that is such a genius thought right there, right? Why is that not the default? Why does that have right. to be the progressive goal? Like, why is inclusion the thing we are <laughs> longing for and not the given? I, yeah, that's, that's a million-dollar question. <laughs> it is just something to, to me. Are you comfortable talking about the tattoos that are showing, sure. showing on yeah, your arms? Sure, yeah, yes. Um, I know some people don't like to be asked about them. Some people no, love to be asked fine. about Thank them. That's fine. Thank you for asking them. You seem to uh, have them in places where you can wear a sleeveless shirt yeah. and people will see them. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting in and of itself. I think when we chatted briefly yesterday, you said, hey, when we first met, there was none of this. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so what's been the what's uh, been well, that the, road? So the first one actually is one on my ankle, and it's a, a Celtic um, cross symbol okay. um, from Glenmorganshire, Wales. Um, and my family was of Welsh tradition. Hence the um, shenanigans phrase. Yes, okay. hence, hence that. Um, but it actually was a contest uh, to help church attendance at one church that I worked in as a lay pastor. Um, we challenged the, the youth in the church to get 100 people to come to our front yard worship four weeks in a row. And guess what? They did it. Pastor Tara will then have ink <laughs> shot into her skin with a needle. <laughs> so that's where it started. Okay. But for me... Um, it was really about some relationships that came up in my life. Um, there were some folks that I got connected with that were um, working in the tattoo industry, oh. and I became friends with them. And um, it represents a lot of relationship. Um, uh, and also, um, it also represents different um, part of my own pilgrimage, different yeah. places I've served as a pastor. Um, I have a little Buffalo for Buffalo because when I, when I was a a vicar in Buffalo, um, I have a little salt shaker here, um, for, um, Syracuse, which is known as salt city. Wow. You know, so it's, it's kind of like, can we keep going up, up, up the arm? So, (laughs) so I have the Raven on my arm. Raven. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, and shout out to Callie hash art in Buffalo, New York. Um, she's done actually pretty much the whole bottom part of my arm um, okay. herself. So the raven was uh, a symbol for me to embrace this stage in my life, um, to be um, okay with being older, huh. um, to to think about the crone as, as a wise elder person. Huh. Let's pretend for a minute I know nothing about ravens. Yes. What is it about a raven that um, says that? Um, well, a crone often had a raven with them in a symbols. A crone is another kind a of A woman. Bird? It's a woman. Oh, it's a woman. It's a woman. It's a, so you have maiden, mother, and crone. So there are three stages oh. of, of in Celtic tradition. There's even a symbol of the Holy Trinity that is the maiden, the mother, and the crone. Okay. Representing a Trinitarian symbol. K R O N K R O H N C R O N E C R O N E E. Okay, crown. Yeah, crown. I'm totally unfamiliar with that phrase. <laughs> this is great. Okay. Yeah, and so um, it was um, after a particular um, health issue that I had. Okay. Um, and I was like, "Well, I am alive." Mm. <laughs> 
And so I'm going to embrace okay. this stage of my life. Great. Yeah. I'm glad you're alive. Yes. All thank right, you. It, it moves up. It becomes colorful. Yeah, it becomes colorful. So um, the one on the top is um, Mary Poppins. It's Julie Andrews as Mary Poppins. Holy it says moly, never it judge Andrews. by appearances, even carpet bags. Um, because I had a colleague that, um, he always said I was like Mary Poppins, that if we needed something, it was in my car or in my purse, or I had a friend, um, <laughs> and he wasn't happy about the tattoo, but I didn't care. I kind of did it as a, you know, okay. hey, <laughs> and you're like just a spoonful of sugar, just I mean, a spoonful of sugar. Uh, yeah. Um, and I have these birds up here, um, representing a parish that I was working with up in Buffalo. That was a two point parish. Um, and one of the first conversations I had with a parishioner was his love of the song, his eyes on the sparrow. Huh. And so I have a sparrow. I have a feather here for um, hope is a thing with feathers. Emily okay. Dickinson. Great and then um, new life for spring. Is that the parrot? Nope. That's the robin. Oh, what about the parrot? The parrot is the top of Mary Poppins umbrella. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Of course it is. You've got full, full madman level of detail. Uh, yeah, I, I think. And then your right shoulder has a. Um, so this is a Luther's Rose. Okay. So I um, got that when I was going through systematic theology in seminary. Wow. Um, <laughs> and then around it, just because I, I have had um, Benedictine folks that have embraced me and carried me through some tough stages in my life. Uh -huh. um, and they were really formative um, and introduced contemplative spirituality to me which has been a thread that has, has kept me, honestly, in ministry yeah. for yeah. years. Um, it's always we begin again. It's a Benedictine prayer. Wow. Yeah, always we begin again. Always we begin again. That's a great line. Mm, yeah. Thanks, Benedict. Yeah. <laughs> um, how was, what, what are you doing on the podcast now? You said often... It's like it was. You make mm -hmm. all the pieces. Yeah. But are you crowdsourcing some of the pieces now in the podcast? Other people's music? Other varieties? I do. Yeah, I've had I've had other folks come in, you know, share music, um, spoken word. I have had a lot of authors lately come and share about their books. Okay. Um, I've had um, two other interviews today with authors that you'll be hearing Great. soon. Great. <laughs> um, how, do, how different did that, does that feel where you're... Uh, comporting yourself to a conversational tone, so mm -hmm. it feels like you and someone sitting there with you. Yeah. To actually be talking with someone else in the podcast interviewer style. Um, I kind of feel at times like it's preaching without a net or a manuscript, uh -huh. you know, or it, we're just having a conversation with somebody here in yeah. real time. You, you don't have a script. Yes. Um, and quite literally, friends, we don't have a script. We're just having a conversation. Yeah. Um, but I really have come to love that opportunity to just sit with people and, and have that. It's a real honor, isn't it, to be a podcast host? It, it I is. Mean, just... I have met the most wonderful folks. Um as, as Just so rain. people who maybe are hearing something, this is fun to share. We're outside, literally in the, uh, and there's a tent. There's a tent over our head that apparently has some water on it, and the wind is blowing, and so we're getting and, splashes. And we're yeah, like we're not, not at raining. all worried the about the electricity. We're not at all. Nah, we're not worried about electricity. Earth, wind, and fire, baby. Earth, wind, and fire will do it all. Um, uh, do, is there a podcast you re, you remember really well that you want to that you could? And a snapshot for us? Oh, my goodness. Hmm. 
So just this spring, I had a conversation with um, an incredible woman, um, Sue Blacksnake. And Suzanne Blacksnake is a member of the Seneca tribe um, in my region of the world in southwestern New York. And she is also a Presbyterian elder. And I had the privilege of hearing her speak about her experience um, as an indigenous person, um, the impacts of errors and some complicity um, involved with the old, old years ago, um, but still challenges with the presbytery um, in regards to indigenous schools um, and just hear her story. Um, And... I am, I'm humbled by that because um, sometimes you think you're just going to have a conversation, but in this case, that conversation is actually leading to some practical change. Yeah. Um, I never anticipated that. Um, And it's still in the works for that to happen. Um, But um, right before I came to Wild Goose, I got an email from somebody that said, hey, we're we're moving forward. We're going to try to make an apology, a wow. long, a long needed apology and do it for real and follow up on it. So wow. that's, yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. Right. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you. The podcast is Holy Sheenanigans. Yes, it is. I, I say this with full irony and tongue in the cheek. Get it in all the places where you get your podcasts. <laughs> Why do people say that about podcasts? Cracks me up. Of course, that's where you get podcasts. <laughs> Literally being told, get it at all the places where you already get them. That's but, the only place they know. So but some them. of my folks, Doug, I have to tell you, um, I actually walk them through. I hand and they get their phone, and yes. I'm like, here's here's the app. Oh. Here's how you download. Uh, some of my most faithful listeners. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not down talking people who don't know how to get podcasts. But when the instruction is, <laughs> do whatever you do when you know already get podcasts. Right. You understand. You don't have to tell people to no, do that. No. And I watch a lot of YouTube videos. Um, about lots of things. And the only time in my life that I hear the phrase, without further ado, is in just <laughs> hundreds of YouTube videos. It honestly, it, we, we all get these weird little nomenclatures we inside of a, of a thing, right? Yes. You get a podcast tone and voice and a thing we say and check us out online. And, like all of it. It's so curious. And I, I just find it to be as a languagey kind of person and liking yeah. to nerd around on little language and idioms. <laughs> It's just, it's just hilarious to me. Um, so we can find your podcast yes. in all the places where people find podcasts. Yes, you can. You can. Um, I have a question, though, for you. Yes. So the theme of Wild Goose is Ignite this, this year. Um, and we were sharing about, you know, last two decades of journey and, you know, um, and following the call of the Holy Spirit to whatever the Holy Spirit has called yeah. us to in all the varieties in the last 20 years. I'm just curious... What ignites that spark for you to keep doing whatever you're called to do? Uh, That I don't don't know. I don't feel it just keeps happening and I don't Mm. know how to describe it. Right. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been in some transition out of being a church leader to now I don't do that. That was an opportunity. But then I'm in this other thing that feels very similar. Mm -hmm. There are days I wonder if I believe that I only have a certain unique set of skills that can be used in a certain context and mm. that's what's up or that I'm just afraid to move out of it. Mm. Like, is this, is this out of some level of self-protectionism? Um, 
but I spark easily. Mm -hmm. uh, ideas, people, things, yep. projects. I have very little. I'm a fast camp. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a <laughs> propane grill. It's like those the, the insta logs, right? The duralogs. Yeah, the dural. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm like the propane, the propane ones. Some people are the insta logs. Oh, you just Some push the button. Push the button and turn the gas on. It's hot. <laughs> just heat up. Just light up. You know. Yeah. Quick. So I've just noticed that, and it's not about something being valuable or more valuable. I I have never been into, but recently in life have really let go of a, a narrative of accomplishment and impact mm. because it's yeah. it. That's just a form of self-talk that I'm not interested in anymore. Yeah. So I don't care if yeah. it's impactful or, you know, my joke is there's 7 billion people on the planet. It doesn't matter how many people <laughs> do or come to our thing. We're still in a, yeah. still not a lot. Yeah. Not, not, you know, people that have, I have 3 million people listen to my podcast. You're like, well, that's often awesome. There's 7 billion people yeah. on the planet. So good. Right. But also you're probably not a world changer, right? Right. Which you don't need to be. No one needs to change the world. I'm utterly convinced we shouldn't be changing the world. We should be loving the world. Mm, yeah. And then when changes have to happen, you're, you're, you're there for it. But mm -hmm. it's just a different orientation yeah. about what we're up to in the world. And so all that say, I'm a fast ignite uh, on something. So my struggle is not how do I get the fire going? What, what I, I'm, I got wet logs and I need to figure out how mm -hmm. to get this thing burning. It is, I have all these fires burning. Yeah. If they all come together, this is going to burn burn me down. Like it's mm. it's 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 too much heat. Yeah. Uh, you know, my wife is a yoga instructor, and so she has this their own categories of things in yogic world. And one of them is are these temperament types, like being a pitta. Yeah, I know that. Okay, you know this whole world of being a pitta. <laughs> kapha, and she's like, I mean, pitta. And, oh, what's the other it's, one? It's earth, wind, and fire. Yeah, so it's vada. Vada, See? which is air. Yeah, yeah. I, always have, I always have to go to Earth, Wind, and Fire before I go into the Sanskrit. So I'm like, can't we just call it Earth, Wind, and Fire? Do we have to? Do we have to do this? But I say the same things to my friends that have sailboats. I'm like, can you just tell me the front and not the aft or whatever? Like, I don't. I, have no idea. I don't want. I don't speak the code. Uh, but they're like, no, because that's part of the fun. Like we're 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 role playing here. Um, so, um, yeah, that like too much fire is mm -hmm. is a is a thing. So I'm trying to figure out some earthy or some watery mm. kinds of kinds of deal. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't yeah. know if that's what no, you're no, but thank you. wondering about. No, I just think that, um, I mean, like you said, loving the world. What if we just love the world? Yeah. If you start there. Yeah. That'll keep us busy. And then you can decide if you're for if at you least need to move two more decades. <laughs> you can move on to something or else. millennia actually yeah. Yeah. <laughs> long after, long totally, after. Totally. Totally. Well, thank thank you. you. Is there something else we should talk about in our brief little time here together? I don't think so. I'm just really happy to be able to sit down oh, and talk to you like two decades later. So great. So great. <laughs> uh, all right. Holy shenanigans. It's in my podcast stream. Should be in everybody's podcast stream. And then it, yeah. you're going to hear it over on, on Holy Do you have Shenanigans. Do tagline? Um, it's always sacred and it's never stuffy. Always sacred, never stuffy. I am your holy shenanigans muse, Tara Lamont Eastman. Thank you for joining us this week for Holy Shenanigans that surprise, encourage, redirect, and turn life upside down. 
all in the name of love. This is an unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Thanks to Ian Eastman, The Common Good Podcast, and Doug Paget for sound production and editing. Also, thank you to HSP listeners for supporting our work with this podcast by way of www.buymeacoffee.com backslash Tara L. Eastman. And since this is our 150th episode marking three years of holy shenanigans, happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday, holy shenanigators. It's 150 episodes for us. Until next time, remember that all a person needs to practice holy shenanigans is to say yes to noticing the sacred in everyday life. Welcome to the holy shenanigans community. You are a holy shenanigator.